back corner <laughs> when I'm not presenting. Listening in. And listen in. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Bash University Live here on Tuesday night. Take a quick break. Watch John Cruz's on the Tokyo rig. Be a part of the show. Get some chances to win some awesome prizes. As fast you go. You know, we didn't have that back then. And, 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 dude, it can just... That text thread gives me so much energy. I mean, like I'm dialing... Here's the cool part. Yeah. I'm sitting there at the pumps, and uh, the um, guy sitting next to me goes, man, that's cool logos on that truck, dude. He goes, Bass University. He goes, man, I'm totally into bass fishing. Three years. I, I, I switched over saltwater. I'm, I'm loving bass fishing. I fish. Just uh, the gas attendant or somebody no, else? No, it's just some gas. dude getting gas yeah. next to me. Yeah. And he's, um, he's, he's like, I fish uh, rainbow. Oh, yeah. And Elmer. Yeah. He gave up saltwater for rainbow. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Uh, he's, starting to get, he's starting to catch him, and he's But he was just telling me, I think he's fishing all around, and, you know, and get to know him that good, but he said the lakes in Jersey, that's what he fishes. Oh, poor guy. Yeah. yeah. So, well, uh, prayers go out to him. So he's super psyched. He's watching. James, I'm going to give a shout-out to James. He said he's going to watch tonight. James! And uh, go over and check out Bass University so TV. So for guys that's that awesome. missed the intro, uh, we had no sound there in the beginning because – Whatever. So, yeah. Um, so we had some technical problems that continued into the beginning of the show. Oh, <laughs> okay. And and if if you missed it, Pete was low on gas when he ran out of the house. Low on gas. Stopped yeah. to get gas. Didn't have his wallet. Had to go home to get his wallet. And then he ran into James, who likes fishing South Jersey. Yep. So he ran into a crazy person and forgot his wallet. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, there you have it. That's, uh, that's a way to start a show right there, for sure. <laughs> uh we do have a good show, despite all the early technical difficulties. Oh we goodness. have a great show tonight, Pete. Great guest tonight. Great guest. We're, we're going to be doing a lot of stuff. If you're watching tonight, listen, you're going to learn a lot. We're going to talk a little bit about late fall fishing. Yeah. We're, we're going to generalize some stuff mm. about that. Maybe even talk a little shad wrap a little later, a little tight wobble crankbait. Uh, but then we have a, a, a good guest coming on, Pete. Friend of the show, friend of ours, yep. coming off his first year on tour, fishing the Bassmaster Opens. Oliver Nye is going to be joining us. Can't wait to hear from Woo! Oliver. Again. Yeah. And it was it, it was great. Big it was great. Master. We, yes, we had Oliver in the studio with us live. He was here a year ago, maybe a, a little later, but almost a year ago. This January. Time year. January. Mm -hmm. It was January 2020. And we had him on, Bright, doing a mic check with him, and we were busting his ball saying, you coming back? And he's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> Too cold. No, no, I'm not coming back. I don't want anything to do with it. Uh we got a good show tonight, Pete. Uh, we also got. Uh, let me not forget our 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 good friends. Who do we, we have? A couple of our homies out here in Internet Land. Who's That's with true. us out there? We got uh, a couple guys out there. We got Justin Kimmel. Yeah, Justin. Yeah. <laughs> and Alex. Hey, hi, Alex. What's up? <laughs> Here's our boys. What's up, guys? What's up, it's Alex? <laughs> Man, uh, I I gotta say, you know, I'm excited for tonight's show. A couple of things. You know, a big swim bait, like the big ones, not like a five-inch hollow belly like yeah. everybody used to call a big swim bait. Those. Like, <laughs> that has no place in my boat 
as a student of the game, learning, trying to become better, like, dude, that has no place in my book, right? <laughs> I wanted to, I tried to make it work for me, but it, it, you know, that's one of the rules of thumbs is don't throw something you're not at peace with. And I know Ike, You've been kind of making some peace with that thing oh, I have. Uh, I have. lately, but like here in the fall, everybody's like, man, it's such a good time to throw a big swim bait. I know you caught a bag on it recently. Yeah. I'd rather throw this, you know, that tiny spinner bait, yeah. little water slash, little tiny blades. Yeah. Cause they eat the crap out of that in the fall. Yeah. But man, I'm excited because I know I have a hole in my game. And if anybody's like me, there's going to be a great conversation, you know, and you, you, you have a, a big time big fish hunter yeah. with the big baits yep. who went out and competed against arguably the toughest tournament trail there is in yeah. the Bassmaster Opens. Yep. You know, that's an argument for today, but you know, and he got exposed and I'm excited to hear some lessons. I'm sure he saw some things that nobody else did this year. So it's just excited for that conversation tonight. And I also got a great pros panel. And yes. we'll talk about some uh, instructors and, and classes and stuff tonight, too. So looking forward to that. Heck, yeah. Good show tonight. Uh, Pete, let me remind everybody. I know you've got the notes on it here. But listen, if you're watching and listening right now, stay tuned to the show. It's going to be a great show. You're going to learn a lot. Great show. But this is a, just a little tidbit of what you could get as a BU subscriber. If you're not already a subscriber, watch this show. If you like it, what a great time. What a great time. Best time. With the holidays right mm -hmm. here to join, to subscribe to Bass Show. Isn't that a great time? It's perfect time. It's it's not only do we have some of the best deals of the year this time of year, but but it's great time because a lot of guys are, aren't fishing right now. Watch tape. It's a great time to watch tape, bro. Get, That's how you learn. Get get after it. You can yep. learn a new technique like Justin just talking about. You got a hole in your game. You can improve it. We've got the content that's going to help you get there. And right now we have a cool six-month subscription. Ooh. We've not done that before, but we're, we're oh. trying to make it accessible to everybody, well, but yeah. it's, it's a cyber promotion we've got going on right now, and it's $49 for six months. Come over and check yeah. out Bash U. You want to dip your toe into it. Of course, we always have a free trial if you want to just come and check it out and see all the great stuff. Like James from the gas station. Get yeah. over there. Check out Bash UTV. Yeah. Get yourself hooked up. Let me. I, I always like to make this reference real quick. And, and, and what a great time to make it because we have Oliver coming on with these, talking about these big baits. Pete, you said $49 for, for six months. Dude, $49. <laughs> can't even buy you two it's baits, two, two the, the jerk baits. Might the, maybe the tail of the one. The tail bait. of one of Oliver's <laughs> baits you can get for $49. <laughs> uh, great value. Great, great value. Um, definitely check it out. Uh, Pete, let's let's jump into a couple things. I'm gonna do a little catch up uh, real quick before we get into it. Um, I yeah, Mike? Brian, what do you got? Well, I don't no, know. I mentioned and then Brian yelled at me for talking about it before the camera was on. What's that? Uh, I was I've been down in my barn shop the last two days, mm -hmm. and I'm doing a major winter cleanout, Brian Carver. I know yes. you you just got done doing a little bit of that yourself, Brian. Uh, I'm not done. You're, you're still cleaning. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, Forever. But here's the thing I want to That's a monumental task It's a for big you. task. You have more than anybody well, I, don't I know. Well, I don't know about that, but it's a big task. But here's what I wanted to say about it, which is normally I dread, I dread that time. Yeah. But I got a little extra time in my hands. I've got this week here that's open, and I've got some time. And I got in there, and I'm literally taking everything down, opening it, repacking it, organizing it by style, size, color, and all that. But as I'm doing it, 
like I'm learning and I'm remembering things yeah. that <laughs> I forgot. I'm remembering things that you know what I mean. Like I'm opening things. I'm like, oh, oh God, I, I I can use that in one of the elites. And I'm like thinking and I'm like creating little subcategories yeah. of stuff that I'm pulling. And I'm like, yes, I'm going to use that on fourth. Yes, I'm going to use that at Pickwick. Yes, I'm going. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's been what a lot of fun. What stands out? Is anything like an old I, school or something not made anymore? Yeah, a lot not made, especially, I, I, you know, and this isn't a, a, a total sponsor plug, but uh, yeah. I have a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of Berkeley power bait stuff. Oh, yeah. And I was able to find some really old stuff that's defunct now. Is that a word, Brian? Yeah. It's not a production <laughs> anymore. Is the flavor defunct? Right. It's defunct. No, is because the some of them go, they, they get funky. I, yeah, I don't know. I haven't. I, I don't. Didn't even a open the bags. But a taste. I found um, <laughs> uh, Powerbait Nellies. You remember the Nelly? No. The no. nuclear Nelly? <laughs> no. You don't remember that bag? Oh, it was looking like a beaver. Yeah, like a beaver. Uh, was that and the one McGraw designed? Yeah, little Nelly, and That's it's right. got this very amazing shad-like profile and action on a scrounger head. Yeah. I found those oh. old school. Uh, some Rapala colors, DT colors that I. Had in a box that I don't even know if they make anymore. That I was like, <gasps> you know, just yeah. stuff like that. You know what I mean? And That's it, it super was, cool. It's a great way to organize and 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 remember. And uh, it's it's sort of pumping me up. I know I'm, I'm three months away, but I'm getting pumped up here. Well, one, one one of my problems, and I want to know how you handle just it. Just one of them is uh, mm. um, the uh, <laughs> distract me. I almost Sorry. said something I shouldn't have, <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> yeah, I run into. They got a pill for that. <laughs> I said, um, the, I get rust, right? You get corrosion. <laughs> you get some of this stuff, <laughs> Pete, rust. I get rust. Well, right. You get. Yeah. You, you've got high dollar baits, sometimes oh, yeah. custom stuff, stuff yeah. that's not made anymore. Yeah. And what what do you do? Do you uh, do you put them aside and like address them all yeah. at once, or well, how, I, how do you handle? Yeah, that? I can tell you this. So I've I definitely have crank baits that I'm coming across, mm. and I didn't get to. I have a, a junk box that has stuff just loose. And when I get to that, <laughs> when I get to that, <laughs> when I get to that, for sure, there's going to be individual plugs, things that I see that are full of rust. And I, when I know they're those special ones, I want to take care of them and I want to yeah. bring them back. I actually, one of the things I do, I learned from you, which is Magic Eraser, mm. is mm -hmm. great. What? Magic Eraser is great. On a plug, man. Yeah. Uh, on a hard-bodied lure. Mm -hmm. um, so I'll have that. I've got some degreaser I use sometimes, and I'll I'll spray them all with degreaser and try to help that way. But definitely, man, if there's, especially crankbaits, if there's yeah. special ones, mm -hmm. I want them clean. Yeah. I want them fresh. You yeah. Know? yeah. I have boxes with intent to go clean them. Intent. <laughs> intent. Yeah. It never seem to get to them. Yeah. You know, you got a wad of them. <laughs> and you look in there, yeah. and there's. One of Pete's quiet killers, <gasps> two oh or three yeah. of them in there, and yeah. you know some of their shots. Yeah, you know some of the stuff that shot, you shot. just don't. Yeah, that's a and good. And they're one. hiding in these wads, yeah. but there's <laughs> you got to cut the hook, rusted hooks off, and you know like I'm gonna uh, oh, this winter I'm gonna do it. That's this winter never seems to come. Yeah, <laughs> I know, I know. Well, the hardest thing for me is I am I am definitely a hoarder. Mm -hmm. So as I'm going through all this, I'm also trying to. You know, I'm trying to, like, say to myself, I'm talking to myself the whole time I'm out there cleaning. I'm saying, Self? all right, am I ever really going to use this again? And there is stuff I'm culling. Yeah. There are items I'm culling yeah. that are going to be donated to the Ike Foundation. 
and they'll be brought to a flea market this spring and sold, and all that money will go back to, to getting kids fishing. So, yep, yep. Uh, but it's hard for me to chuck What are you stuff. kicking to the curb? Um, I got some <laughs> s- I'll, be, I'll be honest. I'll just be honest. There, there's some storm products that, that I've, I've messed with over the years that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn back over. Not that they don't work, but... You know, I'm trying. You can't to sh- throw everything. I can't throw yeah. everything. I'm trying to streamline a little bit. You know, some there's some Berkeley stuff in colors that are just colors that you know. Again, I'm trying to streamline a little. Mm-hmm. One of the things, and and this is the first time I'm talking about it, but Uh-oh. I'll tell you. So I'm streamlining because I really need to, but I'm streamlining because my Toyota Tundra. I'm going to be in a brand new Toyota Tundra. This is 2022. Uh, this first one that I'm getting is not one that I selected. It's that there's. You know, with everything going on in the world, it's hard to get anything right now. Right. So mm. you got a Camry. I got a <laughs> crew cab. I got a crew cab with a six-and-a-half-foot bed, which is a pretty standard-sized yeah, bed. Yeah, that's what I have. But I always order that giant, big, giant one like you got, that giant, eight? long. Eight? Yeah. Your Toyota has an eight? I'm pretty sure it, it, it does. I'm pretty sure it does. Or if it doesn't, it's got the smaller cab, which gives you more bed space. Okay. So this has got a little less. Yeah. Okay. Bed bed space. So yeah, I'm having a stream. You got to cut down six and a half. Yeah, yeah. Can't put a rod in there. It's, it's small. Before you, before you go to the flea market, we should have like an in house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, it might make more money. You know. <laughs> it's a good possibility. <laughs> yeah. It's a good possibility. I found, I found the more tackle I get, the less fish I catch. That's true. That's really the the what I've come to realize this year. Yeah. I'm messing around way too much. Yeah. I know. So. Well, uh, it, uh, if you if you've watched some of the Bassmaster stuff on Bassmaster.com, Brian, we talked about yeah, this. Yep. Craig Lamb actually did a really great piece on the lures. It, he broke it down by lure category, what succeeded at the elites, and then I think they also mm. did one at the opens more recently too. Um, but it was interesting because when they broke this list down, it was the same six or eight categories. It was nothing like ground. Do. Yeah, it was nothing groundbreaking. There was no mm. groundbreaking colors or, you know what I mean? It was like jig was still right up there at the top mm. with a crankbait and a chatterbait. And, you know, it was like the same stuff. And when you dug into it further, it was black and blue and green pumpkin yeah. and white. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, so when you hear it, when you, when you see it, you know, it's hard to deny that because that's evidence of, you know, here's another year. Things are, you know, there's new all this new stuff, but at the end of the day, it's the same. You know, eight things that have really dominated. And and you know, and that's that's key. And I think each angler has to dial that in on how they're catching them. Yeah. I, I saw Matt uh, Panrak. Uh, shout out to BTL. Matt. Uh, um, he had the, he had a pie chart. I guess I saw it. I saw it somewhere where he wrote down uh, all the fish that he caught. Hmm. Uh, during his open experience this year, and um, but it, it was a, sh- a surprise to me. Um, but like overwhelmingly, the drop shot, drop shot. dominated. I, I read that his catch, uh, which which was you know a surprise to me. But that's that's an, that's a, in a lot of people's wheelhouse as their yeah. as their strength, and he's identified that that was plain as day. Yeah, that that's what he needs to be throwing. Yeah, to be consistent. So uh, yeah, yeah. So I heard the elite series this year i know what the number one lure supposedly was uh at least was told to me and number two and it made me think man pete you might need to get back out there man (laughs) but uh, 
the apparently the jig really shined on the elite series this year yeah um was the number one uh for top 10 finishes and a wacky rig was second wow Mm-hmm. Wow, that's interesting. That's so, so basic. Well, it, you know, it's kind of like high percentage fishing, right? It's like you got a stump, you have a fish on that stump. Yeah, it <laughs> really comes down to how do you want to catch them, right? What's the highest percentage tool that you use? Yeah, to catch that fish, you know? Yeah, it's Think <laughs> <of bait. laughs> Yeah, it's 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 a it's a fight that my mind wrestles with all the time, you know, because. Mm-hmm. I also read recently somewhere, I think it was an article from Patrick Walters that talked about how he, it, he sounds like me, right, where he wants everything in the boat. He wants, you know, his <laughs> boat his boat runs 63 because, <laughs> you know, one, because it's an off-brand boat. Yeah. But uh, more importantly, because That's he's harsh. got it. I know it is harsh. harsh. I don't care. Um, <laughs> more importantly, because... He has it loaded with stuff, and mm-hmm. I'm I'm that dude. I've been like that forever. So, mm-hmm. so I think there's a strength in that. But then a guy like Ish, who told me, "You ready for this?" I had a conversation with him about uh, three weeks ago. He had no tackle in his truck this year. Zero. Wow. Everything what? he it's used. Because he had a bed in the back. <laughs> no, he didn't. Mattress, no, Everything he used this year, Brian. Mm was in his boat. He worked wow. out of his boat with very little, with very little. Yep. He said his boat's never run faster. I don't think he had 20 bo- rods wow. in the boat the whole year. Like, so there's, there's that angle, and a lot of guys that have done that over the years, which have, have, you know, streamlining, you know, getting basic. So my goal is to find that happy medium Pete, mm-hmm. between the two, right? Because I, I, th- I think for sure there are times when too much, too much stuff hurts you. Right. You know, you're wrestling with this mound of stuff and rods and 40 rods and tackle. And oh, what about, you know, when if you're spending your time worried about the fish. Right. Instead of what you could be casting. Right. right. Yeah. Like put put the main put the things on your deck that are catching them and worry about the fish. Yeah. Right. Well, that all Mm. being said. Don't don't change anything you're doing. No, you're, you're all right. No, I know. <laughs> 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 you're doing you're doing pretty good. No, I'm doing all right. You know. <laughs> on the other hand, yeah. shout out to Tackle Warehouse. Yeah. By the way, if you're watching this tonight, and you want more stuff. Go over there, man. <laughs> go through BU. Yeah, you can absolutely. Uh, and they've they've got a bunch of they they have their 25 days of Christmas going on. That's awesome. Over at TW, we got a lot of great benefits also over here. Uh, just talked with the the folks of Rapala. We love them and we've got a for all you guys that subscribe we've got a benefits package that just is crazy good and um it starts right here at rapala storm vmc uh 40 40 50 percent off those baits you can go take advantage of that we also have 40 percent off flambo 30 percent off missile baits uh cash and rods gills gear we have 25 percent off all this stuff is available over at the pro members offers uh, over on the right-hand column of the website, Bashu.tv. Not to mention over 900, Brian, we got to change this, over 900 uh, instructional Closing tutorials. in on 1,000, Pete. Closing. If I recall, click, click. Click, click. Yes. Closing in. We and, m- and the production pass. quality on every one of them is 10 times the live show. 
because I'm not involved. <laughs> <laughs> and we get 10% off MikeIconelli.com. Yeah, that's awesome. Right, do you have the new uh, Avco stuff over there? I th I do have it over there. Yeah. So here's the deal, though. As you are mentioning all this, and it's a giant list, uh, it goes on and on. Dude, it pays for itself instantly, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, you. become a subscriber. You're going to learn a ton. You're going to become a better angler. Yeah, if you're not, but I it, don't want to talk to you. I mean, <laughs> look, look at these. Look at these percents off. Pete, it pays for itself. It does. You buy like three things and it pays for itself. It pays for itself on the first purchase. And, it's crazy. And, and check it out. If you're a subscriber to Bashu TV, Oliver has got some tremendous yeah, prize packs. Yeah, we got a lot of prize We're going to be giving away to our subscribers, to subscribers uh, with giant swim baits. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we have a grand, pi grand prize collection uh, as well as uh, um, uh, big bass or big dreams. Big, big bass, big bass dreams. dreams. I'm sorry, man. Big bass be dreaming. Yep. Uh, he's got a hat and a shirt and one of his signature swim baits. The and, Defiant. Uh, the Defiant. Yes. Yeah, that's, uh, a bad, that's a bad John. Yeah, that's, that's, that's yep. mm -hmm. As well as a collection of other baits uh, for the for the grand prize. Yeah, it's a $200 so. value on the grand prize. Gancraft, uh, Mega Bass. Nashine, you guys got the list over Nishine. there? I ran out of ink. Yeah. <laughs> ah, Nashine, 13 Fishing. Nickels, Nickels Bastrix, yes. all in there. Man. All kinds of stuff. Yeah. And, yeah, the $130 package, 200 Sign yeah. up for free, win that stuff, learn how to catch them. There you have it. Absolutely. Have it. Um, I'm going to change change topics a little bit. Uh, we're going to get to Oliver here in a second. But I want to talk about what's, what's relative right now, what's going on in the country here, Pete. Uh. And we are in what I would call late fall right now. This is mm -hmm. the late fall period, right? Uh, a yes. little, little late fall fishing going on. And I want to dive into that a little bit, Pete, um, up here in the Northeast. want to let you know, out on the Delaware River with our homeboy Rizzo. Shout out to Riz. Uh, he's in Fort Lauderdale with his lady right now, probably naked on a beach somewhere, drunk. Um, spending all his winnings? Yes, spending all the winnings. From the Delaware? From the Delaware. But we're talking about low 40-degree water temperature. Wow. Around here, very common now in the lakes and rivers and reservoirs in the northeast. Here. Got cold fast. So we're yeah. talking about mid to low 40s. North of north of that, we're we're in the high 30s already. Uh, I just saw a report from um, Texas that said Sam Rayburn and Toledo temperatures were in the 60s. But even mm. there, that's a big difference, big drop from what those summertime temperatures were. So. We're in the heat of fall fishing here, Pete, mm -hmm. and uh, I, I just want to—I want to—we've got a great uh, panel here tonight, and I want to—I want to go around the room first of all and just survey everybody. Maybe, maybe we start with Brian DeCarpenter over here. Brian DeCarpenter. Yes. This time of the year, you like fishing. This time of the year, it's my favorite. Talk to me. Give me a give me a bait that's that's high on your priority list for uh, fall fishing. Well, late fall. Late fall. <clears throat> Certainly uh, a jig. Jig always got some, jig, 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 you know, jig, jig, jig. when they stop biting the jig, it starts downsizing to the Ned rig or the little Mo Licky, uh, little, little three-inch crawl on a, on a light head. Yeah. Um, love the shad wrap in the fall. Mm. You know, earlier, the spinner bait's good, yeah. you know, when they're yeah. still moving. Yeah. yeah. I, speaking of that, Pete, I got a little theory. Uh -oh. I want to run it past you. Talk. Pete, you might think I'm ridiculous, but this is my theory. Pretty ridiculous. It goes a little something like this. <laughs> When those, <laughs> when those fish are in that height of the fall feed, right, when they're in that fall period where they're eating like gangbusters, right, they're so focused on bait, they are bait-oriented, 
I s shy away from a jig during that period. But when that water starts cooling off and getting colder and colder, Brian Carpenter mentioned a jig. He's coming off a win with a jig a, a week ago. Yeah. I believe that jig bite gets better in the late fall because bass are smart enough to know, and what they're doing is they're changing their diet going back from bait back to crawl. Mm. I really believe that. I'm a big believer in that, man. And and I, s I can see where, you know, like Justin held up in the beginning of the show, a little tiny mullocks spinner bait with little blades. Yeah. And, man, when they're in that fall feed and the bait's all piled up in the backs of the creeks and the pockets and the flats, you know the deal. Mm -hmm. Dude, I'm throwing stuff that looks like bait, right, shadow-oriented stuff. But when that fall feed, when that active, you know, yeah, they're yeah, eating, yeah. when that goes away – and it starts getting into the mid low 40s for us 40 yeah. degrees i get away from that yeah and i go down and slow and low and i'm i'm more imitating crustaceans and crawls and stuff like that yeah. and i i mm. think they're smart enough that they're changing their diet as it gets colder i really I, believe that i i you know it's it's an interesting concept because it and it, it's body of water specific it like can it, be the, yeah. something that's interesting yeah. about the body of water that you just fished it it's odd that those fish will bite those types of baits almost to 30 degrees. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Where, where other places, uh, when it gets down into the 40s, you have to get reactionary with blades, with spoons, with, you know, uh, those types of baits. To, yeah. to, they won't bite it. Right. They just will not bite a jig or right. any type of uh, bait like that when it gets real, real cold. But that place definitely does, and a lot of other places do. What was the water temperature when you caught them on a jig, Brian, on the lake you fished? 48. 48, mm. upper upper 40s. Yeah. I found that the, you, I, I, what I have found, no matter the body of water, Mike, is when the water temperature gets to a certain degree, and a lot of people listening might never see 40 degrees. Uh, True. Wish we fished there. Yeah. But um, when it gets to a certain point, uh, the bite changes. Right. Like you said, it, yeah. it'll go from that crankbait, spinnerbait bite to it changed, and uh, in that. But I, you know, that's great theory. I think in a lot of the places that you fished, uh, those fish will feed on whatever's available to them. Right. You know, in those places. Yeah. At know. the end of the day, they food is food. Yeah. But I think they definitely key in on bait when it's that active fall feed, and then yeah. when that bait becomes more unavailable, right? I think they shift their, their feeding habits. Yeah. You know, I really do. So I you guys caught them on a jig? We caught them on a jig. We caught them on a Ned. We sure yeah. did. We caught them on all b bottom bouncing baits. Okay. We Uneffective on moving reaction mm. style lures. I actually caught one on an OG Slim that didn't mm. help, but all the rest was bottom. You know, and it's, it's so telltale. Like, um, you've heard me say this before in other seminars, but if you're watching, listen to me. This is, this is uh, uh, mark this one, Bry. <laughs> mark this one here, right mark here. Alex, mark it. When you, Alex, mark this one. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <that> <laughs> When you catch a fish, but especially this time of the year, Pete, when you catch a fish, dude, look at that fish. Scope yeah. that fish out. Scope them out. I'm talking about opening his mouth, you know, looking what's, you know, is he regurgitating something. But look at his belly. A lot of these fish we caught in the Delaware had mud on their belly. Already. I am wow. not kidding you, dude. Like, looking at the fish, I, I look at them like, holy shit, what is that? And, like, I could get my, my finger and just rub the mud right off that white belly. Yeah. 
it instantly tells you what those fish are doing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. There's no guesswork. Fish is laying on the bottom, dude. <laughs> He's laying on the bottom. So bottom bottom baits were 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 effective. You know what I mean? But right. look at that fish, man. That fish is gonna tell you a lot. Yeah. You know? Well, then the tail sticking out of the mouth will tell you if they're eating eating shad. Yeah. I know. Um our boy shout out to Jeff who's down on Lake Hartwell right now is experiencing uh what you would call to us early fall mm. where the the shad are just ganged up packing in his creek packing yeah. in yeah. and catching them on uh on all moving baits wow and they're just nice. you know uh just loaded in there the images that uh we're going to be producing for bashu tv are just phenomenal uh and that the health of lake hartwell is just incredible and i know jk it's one of your favorite lakes um how do you have we got this going on when is that going to change down on lake hartwell from what Mike's talking about, when those shads start to dissipate, what, what's the next thing's going to happen on Lake Hartwell? Well, Peter, you know. Uh, Has, have we lost Justin? Yeah, he dipped out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll, 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 ta we'll table that to the next time. Uh, a big mop jig would be my guess. <laughs> <laughs> big mop, giant mop jig. Yeah. Uh, real quick, Brian, I know you want to get to a break, but I did want to talk about one other thing. And we mentioned, uh, I heard shad rap. I, heard, I think Brian said Brian. shad rap. And I do want to talk about that because uh, I, I see a lot of questions come to us through BashU and also through my site asking about what's the right crankbait in this period, right? So now, you know, we're talking about I, I consider this late fall. Pete, you, you know crankbait fishing better than anybody I know. For that guy that's watching that doesn't know a little bit, you know, what, what's the right crankbait for the fall? That's the question. What's the right crankbait? Man, uh, there – I, can, I tell you this, it's hard to beat a wiggle wart. Wiggle wart. And it's it's one of my faves, yeah. and it can be so effective around the type of habitat that you're going to fish this time of year, which is rock. You know, you're going to spend a lot of time around the hard cover, and it deflects so well, and it it roots, it, it runs at that depth zone that, that is such a good depth this time of year. But it, it's, it's a good – it's odd because it kind of has a wider wobble, but it's a good cold water crankbait. Mm. You know, we see yeah. it in the springtime, yeah. um, but couple colors, you know, you want a crawl color, a shad color, and a chartreuse color. Those those three colors will get you through just about any situation. Yeah. I've taken guys that have never fished a crankbait before. Jeff is one of them, and uh, he just clobbers them on, on a wiggle wart awesome. just about everywhere he goes. But that's, that is a good all-around crankbait, yeah. you know, I like for it. this time of year. I like it. I do like the shad wrap. I think shad wrap's a great one. I think yeah. the colder it gets, the better that shad wrap gets. Yeah, right. I mean, what what temperatures you talking about with that alleged wiggle wart? <laughs> alleged. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because when I was down in the fifties and la the last time I went fishing, because I haven't been out since we dipped into the forties, and when I was in the fifties, we were, you know, that was the deal. Oh, you I know? can see that. Yeah. It was all about low fifties. It was all about cranking and deflection. We were getting them get around them on, here, around here, getting them on crankbaits and jigs was the primary weapons for me. Um, so, but, you know, I know, you know, a lot of the places, it's, once you get down into the 40s, it changes for me. Yeah, you know? Shad Raps is a 40s yeah. crankbait. Yeah. That's a mid-40s crankbait. Definitely. Everything changes in the 40s, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Holla. <laughs> Vision goes. Everything. Everything just goes. What, what else? What else Sex goes? <laughs> what, it, it, what's your best fall crankbait, Mike? 
I, I would say uh, I would put the DT series, the OG Slim, is an, another one that I love when it gets cold in the shad rep. You know, yeah. I think those three for me cover the spectrum of that colder water period. You know, mm-hmm. um, the shad rep I love, but it's a tricky bait because of the weight of it. You know, and and it makes it makes fishing it interesting. You know, because a lot of times I'm fishing at five or seven bry. And it's a it's a spinning rod bait for sure, you know. So, it's yeah, it's that one is yeah. Yeah, it's hard to cast. Uh, but the the DT and the OG Slim are both good tight wobble crankbaits. They're both yeah. balsa baits. I like them both. And yeah, but you're not water. throwing a shad wrap to deflect. It's that's more of a grind on some gravel or or kind of open water yeah. and, and suspend right. bait. Agreed. It's a different deal. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah, the it, it no good around the wood. It's no good around wood. Ew. It's terrible. Don't wood. you do it? Yeah, it's <laughs> the worst. I warned you. Yeah, that's terrible. Uh, let, we, let, you, what, do you want to take some questions? You want to do a break? What do you think? Alex? Cause, yeah, because I know. Uh, we, yeah, what, what, Alex what do you we, we got a few things to talk about. I know you oh, brought you brought something up that that was interesting to me about Oklahoma. Oklahoma, that is ah. a great topic. You know, that's All fantastic. Right. And what we're what I I just. Skimmed it. They wouldn't let me read it because right. they wanted to drop the bomb here on the show. But apparently there's something going on with the limit uh, restrictions uh, uh, yeah, over so in Oklahoma. If you're watching this right now, listen to me. I'm going to read this directly from the Oklahoma Department of Wildlife Conservation. This is the actual press release they put out. I'll give it to you word for it's word. It's propo- propo- Proposed right. changes for 2022. Yep. This year, Wildlife Department Fishery proposed rule change that would allow anglers to keep smaller more abundant largemouth and smallmouth. The proposal aims to remove the current 14-inch minimum length from lakes and reservoirs in all of Oklahoma and would allow anglers only to keep to only keep one bass greater than 16 inches per day. Mm. If approved, biologists anticipate positive impact on the overall quality of Oklahoma's black bass population, Pete, so, that's a that's a that's a big thing. So here. I, I was messaging with a guy on Instagram this morning that I'm kind of scoping out for a possible upcoming guest. He's yeah. uh, his account's aquatic biologist. He's an expert on on farm ponds. Okay, on how to raise trophy bass in farm ponds. Yeah, you know, it's fantastic. Yeah. It, just reading his daily post. Yeah, that, you know, um, and I won't get into all that. But he he. You know, he shared that with me this morning. Yeah. He says, oh, look what I just saw. And and it's to the effect of trying to cut down on all the little bass. Right. You know, which will stun a lake. Yeah. You know, so it's the, by the way, those proposals for keeping a bass, you know, there's a, an amendment in there for tournament anglers for catch and release. That, right. That so the tournaments you from that. would get an exemption form. Right. And like, I believe like you'd like have to get like a, a card for that or yeah. something. But, but, you know, it's, it's. To minimize people taking the big ones. Yeah. O- only keep one over 16, but more fish, more yeah. smaller fish. Get the, get the smaller ones out of the lakes. Yeah, very strange. Pete, I, what do you think about that? I don't, I've never seen anybody keep a bass <laughs> in the last five years, you know? Yeah. Have you? Not here, but we live in a part of the country where they don't, you right. know? I yeah. think in the south, I think keeping bass happens a lot. Texas and Louisiana, for sure. Right. 100%. But probably they don't have McDonald's down there. Right. Probably <laughs> stems to Oklahoma as well. Yeah. You know? Well, that's so so they're you're allowed to keep one over 16. Yeah. So they're wanting to keep the small fish. Yeah. They want you to get the smaller fish out of the lake. Yes. Because it'll Wait, start your said, lake. They said you're only allowed to keep one over 16, but you can keep unlimited. 
under 60? Uh, Mike's got uh, the statistics uh, there. I I forget. Okay, I was confused. I thought that I they, think it's they limited it to one fish over 16 inches, and that was it. Yeah. I thought that's what we were saying. Well, that being said, while you're while you're hunting that down, um, I heard some some uh, kind of scary news about Lake Gaston over on the forum on uh, Bass U. Uh, spotted bass have infiltrated Lake Gaston, and according to you know this guy on the forum, that taken over the lake. Uh, he fishes like 200 days a year. He's catching a tremendous amount of spots. Does he have a job? And uh, I guess he's retired. You know. <laughs> You know, he bought Bitcoin. You know, he's good. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I'm jealous. <laughs> but he's fishing every day and, um, you know, catching nothing but spots, nothing but small spots, and only one over four-pound largemouth uh, this year. Ooh. Jeez. So and he fished 200 days? 200 days. Uh, avid, very avid angler. But th that, they're seeing that. I heard that on other North Carolina lakes. And the DNR in North Carolina was an advocate of – Catching and killing all the spots you could. That's what they do at uh, Norman. They're yeah. advocating that. Yeah. Mm. So it's um, it, it's it's interesting. Spots will overrun a lake, and it looks like they're overrunning Gaston, it's man. Crazy. One of our faves. I I hope. Uh, well, if they're there, they're gonna they're gonna be at Kerr yeah. Reservoir as well. You know. It's crazy. Now, I, I, Brian, I know you you uh, befriended this biologist, and we're talking about all this management. Theories and all this stuff, but I got to tell you, my theory is just to go to a lake, catch as many three to five pounders as you can. Often, I put five or six people in my boat, and I like to just tow them back and dump them in my own lake. <laughs> so that's my own management uh, philosophy. Just let you know. How's that? How's that going for you? Pretty good. Yeah. it's pretty good. Uh, it's working out pretty good. Have you got any spotted bass? To no spotted stay? fish. I was I was really tempted to tow one back, and then I last minute decided not to. <laughs> So, I hear the smallmouth in this lake. <laughs> Alex, what do you got? Largest drain in here. We talking about? Alex? Yeah, absolutely. We got a lot of people on the YouTube and the message board, guys. We appreciate you all tuning in. But we do have a really good question, and this one came in for Bruce. And it's gonna, Bruce is going to get a fitting prize for his question. So, Bruce, you're going to win a twenty-five dollar Gills Gear gift card for your question, right. and that's fitting. Like I mentioned, because his question is about clothing. So what Bruce wants to know is, Mike, Pete, what do you guys do to stay warm in those winter months when you're out there, your fingers are freezing, your toes are cold? What do you guys do to stay warm while you're out there? Yes, fishing the winter good time? question. <laughs> Pete already said he stays Bruce. at home. Bruce. <laughs> Pete stays at home. Let Pete me answer this one because I actually fish so, in the Somebody's got to do the work. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, it, it's a great question, Bruce. Uh, I, I, I want to answer it in multi-ways here real quick. <laughs> The first one is I really, really, if, if, if you're not a subscriber to my channel, go over to my YouTube channel, Mike Iconelli Fishing, and subscribe to it. I did a whole video on this, Pete. I saw it. But it's layers. Layering is key. But let me start by saying before you even get to the layers, and I stole this from somebody back in the day when we traveled. I, I don't even remember who it was, one, one of the guys we knew on tour. Um, the, the heating pads that you buy at CVS – they're back warmers, right? Yeah. They're that uh, was thermic. A, oh, that dude. Was Melinda so that was Melinda Mice. It might have been Melinda Mice. Yeah. Uh, Thermacare makes them. The CVS brand, uh, Walgreens brand, whatever. They make, they make them. It Velcros around you. Put that on your back. It warms your core. Mm -hmm. Also, the, the heating warmers for your toes and hands. So I use the ones that go along the entire insole of your boot. Not, not the little crappy toe ones yeah. but they're actually shaped like the yeah, yeah, yeah. the whole foot 
they're good, and then hand warmers. So the chemical warmers, and then build layers. That's my big thing is layers and seals. So, you know, thermal underwear, uh, well, a pair of socks, thermal underwear, top and bottom, another pair of socks that goes over the under the socks that are underneath, creating a seal at your pant leg, then a long sleeve shirt tucked into your regular pants that you put on over like your approved, thermals. Right. Seal it. A sweatshirt, you know, like have everything create a seal. And then that outer suit is is really key. So I'm sure Gills makes a great one. AFCO makes one called a Hydronaut that I just used on the Delaware with Rizzo. That outer suit's key. Yeah. Gore-Tex is key. And um, Pete, take a leak before you get take a leak all them before layers on. Put all those layers on. Absolutely. But that's my system, Pete, yep. and I love it. It's a great yep. system for me, you know. I I, I, the only thing I do different, and it's when it gets extreme. Yeah. Um, because this limits your mobility, and that's the <laughs> downside. Yeah. All the, I mean, you got all these layers on, you're already limited, but man, oh man, I got the Ice Force stuff, the ice, ice gear. Force, that's good stuff. From yeah. Rapala. Yeah. Um, it's available over on, on uh, our site, or go over there and get the discount and get that stuff. Because I'm telling you, when it's extreme, you know, it's like low 40s, spritzing rain, yeah. wind. You're, it's like the worst possible conditions. Yeah. You're not cold. You're yeah. just not cold. Yeah. That stuff is, is, great is so good, it's a good at, suit. at keeping you warm. Yeah. It's a little, you know, you can't run like Mike does to the back of the outboard as easily when you're landing a fish. But uh, <laughs> but you're but you're not cold. Because here's the, here's the thing. <laughs> this is the... Bottom line rule, a cold angler catches no fish. Or, or or even worse, gets the net stuck in the, the, <laughs> his partner's rod. I fished a Delaware River tournament with Rich, I don't know, last year or the year oh, before. Yeah. Four-pounder. <laughs> uh, we made a long run up the river, you know, like 15 miles. Come off pad. It's freezing cold, you know, 30-degree air or something, 36-degree air. We come off pad, he jumps up, and he gets bit on the first cast. And I'm still like getting up, dressed like the Michelin Man. Didn't even get like half the Christmas gear. story. Yeah, like you know, there's there's you know running at 60 mile an hour gear, and then there's casting. So I had to like take off a jacket and a glove. Didn't get that far. He's already hooked up. I jump up, I grab the net, and it's a giant hits hit the boat like a four pounder. It was a giant yeah. on the Delaware, and I don't know what happened, but somehow the net was in, in the rod. Rich and the came together. Yeah. Rich, Rich, we as, still don't know how it happened. Rich, as we speak right now, is walking away from the show because he can't hear this story. That again. was the last uh, time he asked me to fish with him. <laughs> he hates it. He's going to become a saltwater angler now because he just heard that again. You, you, know, <laughs> you know what else I do in the real cold is uh, is I like thin gloves. Like, like I find that one hand you need a, a heavy glove, and the other one you want a lighter glove. Um, like the one, the hand that's going to hold the reel is where I use my heavy glove because it gets cold. The the graphite conducts the heat, yeah. the cold worse. Yeah. But your or your reel does it gets so cold. So you have the bigger glove there and you have the, the lighter glove for casting and reeling. Uh, and just keep a lot of them. Yeah. Like it'll get wet. Yeah. It'll get wet and you you just jump in the box, grab yeah, another glove. Lake. Yep. Just keep <laughs> just keep going with a fresh glove. Yeah. And and you another know? little tip Pete to add to that is your bag of spare gloves. You put in a Ziploc and throw one of those chemical hand warmers in there, too, mm. and it keeps it warm. 
That's sexy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's a good one. That yeah. might be the tip of the I, night right I there. Use that one. Yeah, mark it. Alex marked that one, too. <laughs> that and the, ba- and the back things, because I end up cramping up. From, yeah. uh, I got problems. Yeah. What else we got coming in? What'd you, what'd Absolutely you do? so. Go ahead, Pete. I'm sorry. Did you guys deal with ice in your rods? We didn't. We didn't have any ice that cold. No. Okay. No. It was. I guess it was above the freezing mark, so we didn't, we didn't deal with it. Had we dealt with it, I, I still have uh, uh, the spray with me. Real snot. Yeah, mm. still have real snot with me in yeah. my boat. I carry it this time of year. I do, too. Yeah. And it's good stuff. Spray the guys. Done. What's next, Alex? Absolutely. So I'm sure you guys knew this question was coming. You start talking cold water. You start talking wintertime fishing. Somebody's going to ask an A-rig question. So Danny S. wants to know from you guys, when are you pulling out the A-rig? What temperature? What are you looking for? What do you guys hope to see when you go out for a good day of a rig fishing yeah what a great question uh just to mention i don't and, and hopefully i'm throwing a lot of people under the bus here when i say this <laughs> the davis mill winter league on saturday was one with an alabama rig Pete. is that right that's right chris alfonso chris alfonso and his partner chris i don't i don't know if chris caught any but uh <laughs> did you do, do you know the weight that that lake puts ten, out some ten nice. and a half pounds okay yeah. I, which that is the first time in about yeah. eight tournaments two pound average, yeah. that they broke 10 pounds yeah in jersey winter league. it was good um for me, I, you know, that Alabama rig, and I really, I, I got to witness the effective, effectiveness of it. A few trips I had, one that sticks in my mind is I fished with Britt Myers on Lake Wiley in, in, uh, on the North Carolina, South Carolina border right. on Lake Wiley. Pete, you could not catch them on anything else except the Alabama. Yeah. It was that specific. And what I can tell you is that that water temperature at the time was in the high high to mid-40s down there. And what I saw in the graph gave it away. And this, this is my answer to this story, which was when we, we were fishing these areas, uh, they were sort of the last deep water spot before it broke into the main lake in front of Pockets and Creeks, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like the last deep water before you got into the main lake. And... When you would look at the graph, there was bait suspended everywhere in the graph, right? So if we were in 20, you looked at the graph, bait was sitting at 10. If we were in 30, bait was sitting at 15. Like it was always about in the middle of the water column, that bait. And when I see suspended bait in that cold water situation, that Alabama rig, definitely my light bulb goes off for that. The other thing I want to throw out there, I also learned that this day with Britt, is that a big misconception out there that when you say Alabama rig, you mean that big one that Paul Elias made famous, right? Right, right. You know, big head, Mm -hmm. big wires, three-eighths, half-ounce jig heads with with 4.3, 4.8 swim baits, right? Yep. The day that I fished with Britt, I was amazed at how a small Alabama rig can be even more effective. And he fished, uh, he fished one by a company called Shane's. It was called the Mini Blades of Glory. Mm-hmm. And he fished, you ready for this? Five 16th-ounce heads, darter heads, with 2.8s on them. Right. And I loved it because you could, you could have more control. You were, like, more methodical. You didn't need a, a tuna rod to throw it. <laughs> you could throw it on basically like a, a flipping stick, you know, like a seven-and-a-half-foot rod. And it just fished a lot easier. Mm. Uh, but but it also did match the size of the forage we were fishing at. A lot of that bait was small, so it made sense. But, uh, you know, I look for, you know, 
water below 50 degrees, when I see bait and fish suspended in water column, Alabama rig is, is an option for me all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still learning, honestly. I have had some great experiences with the A-Rig, and, and I'm still trying. I'm sti- it's, it, it's still a hole in my game. Yeah. I've experimented with little, big, giant ones. I've caught fish with them. I've caught them in the pre-spawn pretty, pretty effectively in some places. But, uh, but there's, there's content on Bass University about umbrella rigs, A-Rigs. And, Crab uh, traps. Yeah, go, go check that out. But that's a, that's a great question. And, you know, I'm surprised we don't hear about it more. You know, because in like the MLF in a lot of the tournaments in the BFLs, like uh, they're allowed you to can fish use those. Them. You can use them. And yeah, I, it's, I'm always surprised we don't hear about it more. But that's a great question. It's a good question. I want to throw one last little thing to that question, real quick, which is the other thing that I've noticed on Alabama rigs, whether you're fishing that small one or big one, have your middle bait, the middle bait on the longest wire, dead middle, be a slightly different color than the other baits. Mm. I'm telling you, whatever that is, I always want that middle bait, that long bait in the middle, to be a little bit different color, just slightly different. They call that one the master. The master. I want the master to be a little different color, a little brighter, a little char on the tail, a little something to make that one stand out. It's a good little tip. Yeah. There you go. Good tip. Yeah. Who who who, uh, asked that question, Alex? That was Danny S. coming in on the message board, Pete. Danny Danny get a good yeah. I think Danny's gonna get a Aquaview hoodie. So Danny, if you want to send oh, in your subscriber nice. number, maybe send us your size. We'll get one of those out to you. <laughs> Damn, they make a great hoodie. That is, that is a great. They hoodie. do. Yeah. They're soft, man. It is like, uh, like a lamb. Brian Carpenter, eight o'clock. You want to take a little break? Break? Uh, yeah. And and I want to get back because I'm I'm anxious, Pete, because I'm really want to get Oliver on the phone. We got so much to talk to him about. Not only his first season on tour. But also this big bait thing, especially, Brian, how it falls into where we're at. I think a lot of people assume a big bait goes away when the water gets cold. But I want to say that that is incorrect. False. That is false. And we want to talk to Oliver about that. Uh, you want to take a little break, Pete? What do you yeah, think? let's take a break. All right. Uh, hang in there with us. we got a lot of show left. When we come back, more BU Live. But don't. don't. Aquaview, the leader in underwater viewing technology. Find what you are looking for. Catch more fish. Have more fun. Aquaview, seeing is believing. Why do you love catching fishing rods? I'm truly losing less fish. Is the sensitivity of the rod. That's are made right here in North Carolina in the USA. Strongest, lightest rod. 100% made here in Sanford, North Carolina. From the drop shot rod to the flipping stick. Every rod has a purpose to it, and I rely on them all the time when I'm out during a tournament. Durability in the John Cruz Worming Series, the counterbalancing in the handle. It's the only rod i found that can withstand my hook set. Boom, goes the dynamite. obsessed. There's no place on earth we'd rather be than right here, right now. Performance-driven gear so you can fish longer, harder, 
Gills Performance Fishing. Guys, 2021 Red Crest Champion Dustin Connell here. And if you watch live coverage, we just got done at Lake Eufaula. I caught my fish using the active target with Lawrence. What you didn't see is I run a sea clear power harness in my boat. One of the main advantages to running this harness is it does not drain my batteries down at all running my four units. And what that's gonna allow me to do is I'm able to see my bait at 8 a.m. just as good late in the day. Y'all check them out at seaclearpower.com.